Hi and welcome welcome to travel with Ketan with me Ketan Joshi biker backpacker and travel writer Three men on motorcycles the amigos ride to Ladakh episode 9 Padum to Kargil Chapter 9 Padum to Kargil The next morning we packed our saddle bags and the two amigos went off to find a truck wala Let's not be late else a truck fellow might worry about getting late and run off Del said as he rushed off <laughs> the poor fellow was really suffered in the ride with a mix of upset tummy and altitude sickness <laughs> his upper end and lower end were both rumbling his head had throbbed with ams and his ass had throbbed with diarrhea not to mention his legs freezing by soaking in that water crossing else i can imagine anything he would have enjoyed more than riding for 500 kilometers on the disgusting dirt roads poor fellow now you are the driving force in this moment to load bikes and trucks amazing that rajma rice must have been really something <laughs> i was feeling a little weird this morning it took me some time to realize the reason there had been no bharti call in the morning <laughs> no phone call no crow no hotelier no one ah what a relief maybe she's got a sore throat or something who knows then i wondered exactly how does a bike enter a truck i mean you you don't appreciate how high a truck cabin is until you're considering putting a 200 kilo bike into it it's pretty high up even hauling my 100 kilo ass onto it would be a task and hauling a reluctant dead weight of a bike sounds like a herculean task requiring requiring either a single demigod hercules or at least several human myrmidons no coolies were likely to to be available this early in the morning and if we tried to do it ourselves the peace of the morning was likely to be punctured by the pop pop of our intestines bursting through our corneas and nestling companionably along with our testicles and the musical screams of the owners of the said testicles wondering about all these things we turned up at the rendezvous point but loading the bikes in the truck turned out to be unexpectedly easy there was a helipad in padum with a ramp specifically built for vehicles to be loaded i suppose the truck lined up in front of it and it was just a matter of riding the bike into the truck then they tried their best to tie up the bikes as securely as possible so that they would not fall over and crash in the bad roads <laughs> baba adi the truck guy all produced ropes and the inside of the truck had hooks and stuff to tie the ropes on and they proceeded to tie the bikes like the cop tying up a suspect so that he would not escape the bikes were festooned with ropes and looks like looked like flies caught in a spider web i didn't even dare to enter the truck there's so much rope and testosterone sloshing around they would have tied me up too unfortunately they sucked at tying knots so the bikes came loose after a few minutes and spent the journey banging against each other they would have sustained less damage had we driven down anyway we all clambered into the truck driver's cabin 
and I looked around with interest. It was the first time that I had been inside a truck. It was a baroque design with all the comforts that, I, that the guy could afford. There was a music system, a little bed, sleeping area, a baroque wooden paneling inside the cabin. It looked like a seraglio on wheels. It wouldn't have surprised me if a hoori popped out from somewhere and started doing a belly dance. The driver was a jolly looking Jammu fellow. What do you call guys from Jammu anyway? Jammies? Jammies? And his cleaner was an amiable Kashmiri lad. 17 year old. Wow. Another 17 year old. First that Lama. Now this Mama. We started off on the truck ride. And it was an exciting moment. My very first truck ride. <laughs> After so many days of looking at, tr- at trucks as the enemy. The guy who wanted to kill you. And crush you to bits at the first opportunity. It was a bit weird to be part of it. Must have been how the guys in East Germany must have felt when they merged with West Germany after the wall felt. The truck driver also must have been looking at bikers as irritating cockroaches who deserve to be crushed into a fine paste. But here we were, in the same cabin, smiling hesitantly at each other. <laughs> this truck driver was not just a driver. He was also the owner and, and also a businessman and entrepreneur. He was, in fact, a true descendant of the old Silk Route caravans. He would bring supplies from the plains of Jammu all the way to the mountain fastnesses of Ladakh and Kargil and Padum. And where in olden days he would have been paid with gold and saffron and pashmina wool, he was being paid with grubby currency notes. The brightly painted and caparisoned truck was his camel train. And the gangly teenager was a shield carrier and apprentice. We were the brave knights joining a caravan to add to its strength. Though maybe he was looking at ways to enslave us and sell us in the great slave market of Ludhiana. You know, there used to be a great slave market in Ludhiana in the Mughal days. Now, there are only Sadarji selling machine parts. Quite apt actually. Because machines are the slaves of today. The truck guy would stop at all the shops and honk away. Pap, 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 and all the shopkeepers and traders would come running down to pay him and play the orders for stuff they wanted. He would drop off, drop, drop off the goods on the way up and collect payment on the way down. And he, as he was the only source of supplies in this region, no one would try to renege on payments. As soon as the commerce was over, he handed over the reins to his apprentice and went to the back of the cabin for a nap. <laughs> this kid wasn't even old enough to drive, have a license to drive a scooter and here he was driving a humongous truck over the mountains. He grinned at us and we grinned back. The absolutely amazing views of the ranges of before us and it was a different perspective from inside that truck. You weren't freezing in the cold wind and were at a much higher position from the road. The shock absorbers of the truck were obviously much stronger than a bike. So that a truck could go much easier over the bad roads. But this caused us to wince in agony. As we imagine what was happening to our bikes in the back. Oh no, clang clang. Adi was looking like a guy whose wife is in labor. He was all white and tense and he was chewing his nails and kept trying to look behind him. As we approached the pass, the trucker woke up and took over. As an expert hand would be needed to tackle the high pass. He stopped the truck, went to wash his face in a stream and ordered the kid to make some tea. Tea? I wondered how he was going to make tea. 
and I was fascinated to see that they had fixed up a full-size gas cylinder in the truck and had attached a long tube which he attached to a small stove and made a pop of pot of piping hot tea. Wow, I love this truck, man. It had a bed, a music system and even a cooking apparatus. This guy was really organized. Then he stretched and cracked his fingers and got into the driver's seat to tackle the tough part of the climb. He sweated and struggled with the wheel. Well, he relaxed and enjoyed the view of the Darang Durung Glacier. Look, look, me and Adi would point to each other. This is where Baba went zooming down. Look, look, that rock is where he dropped his bike and ran. And that is the place where he crapped his guts out. Look, the whole place is turned black and rotten. Even the birds and animals are avoiding the place. See the skeletons of the unfortunate souls who got too near and were killed by the smell. His shit-stained hanky must still be fluttering somewhere in the hills. Just imagine, if scientists find it in the future, they can clone a new Baba. Ah, fuck you guys. Baba growled, holding his head. <laughs> the motion of the truck was making him sick. <laughs> he can drive over the roughest roads, but when he sits in the passenger seat, it makes him car sick. <laughs> the truck bravely struggled through the pass. And again I felt that we had taken a lazy but wise decision to take that truck. The road was completely underwater in some places and it had become muddy and awful. We saw some bikers coming in the opposite direction and they were really struggling. This road is not for bikers at all, the trucker cribbed. You can do it once for an adventure I suppose but it's a silly idea all the same. We left that wild mountain road behind finally and stopped to rest and refuel. I watched with interest as they filled the tank with kerosene instead of diesel. Bad for the engine, but so much cheaper. The government heavily subsidizes kerosene as it is a cooking fuel for poor people. And due to this, it is very cheap. This tempts people to use kerosene in all kinds of engines, even those designed for petrol and diesel. This screws up the engine and causes air pollution and but saves money in the short term. To prevent the adulteration, the government has added a blue current colorant to kerosene and has a whole police structure to catch people using kerosene. The whole effect of this stupid subsidy is that it perverts the entire fuel market and aids corruption everywhere. Maybe it might be a simpler idea to keep kerosene at its natural price and let the market adjust using whatever fuel suits it best. This might give rise to the use of solar ovens and biogas etc which are cheap and eco-friendly. Adi and Baba went to check on the bikes and then decided to ride on the roof of the truck. I was too fat to climb up, so I pretended it was below my dignity to climb up on roofs like a monkey and straight put in the cabin. Riding on the roof was anyway obviously a bad idea, as these two morons discovered after getting slapped in the face by tree branches and almost getting beheaded by overhead wires, not to mention getting dust in the face, getting frozen and almost falling off. Soon they were back in the cabin, shame-faced and black-faced, with me smirking at them. The road went ever on and it was dark by the time we approached Cargill. The truck would not be allowed inside the town in the night time and so we would be taking some kind of bypass. We went slowly along looking for a place to unload the bikes but couldn't find anything really suitable. 
Finally, he stopped near a pile of soil that someone had dumped and backed the backed up the truck to it, making it into a sh- makeshift ramp. <laughs> makeshift indeed. It was a pile of dirt. <laughs> I stood there looking at it doubtfully. But Baba gave a whoop of joy, and went and untied his bike and came and rode it straight down, out and down that slope of dust. He was so overjoyed that he grabbed the keys of our bikes and rode them down too. He was about to ride his bike back up inside and up and down a couple of times when the trucker got worried and moved off, leaving behind a sad Baba. <laughs> Me and Adi had been shitting bricks at the thought of dismounting bikes on the truck, but Bawal just loved the whole experience. What a relief it was to get out of, out of the smelly cramped truck and onto our bikes. Woo! This was the way to travel. That truck interlude was just a momentary lapse. We rode into town and went hotel hunting. I remembered Kargil as a sleepy little shitty little town which I had come several years back where I got bitten by bedbugs. But now the place was rocking. Hotels everywhere and all overpriced. We went to a fancy hotel and I gasped when he quoted some three and a half thousand bucks. And he refused to bargain or come down on the price. Be reasonable, I told him. It's late at night and you are not going to get any more guests coming to you. Rather than letting your room go empty and making zero money, give me the room for a thousand bucks. That's a thousand more than you are making right now. But no, he put his head down like Balam's ass and refused to to listen to reason. Well then, screw you, I said, and walked out. Hadi and Dilthar gasped and clutched each other and started crying bitterly. Where will we sleep tonight? We are tired and scared of the dark. And we'll make a sleep on the street. Ooh, they wailed. Here, relax. Don't worry about it. I will show you how we great backpackers manage. And as one cue, one local sidled up to me and said, Sir, you want room? Cheap room? Of course we wanted a cheap room. And we went off with them to see the room. Room was fine. It didn't have an attached bathroom. We had to use a common loo. Which was fine with me. But Adi was very disturbed by this somehow. And spent the whole night guarding the bathroom. And not allowing anyone else to use it. He was like a dog guarding a gate. And would have probably bitten anybody who tried to use it. We went off for a nice dinner. And crashed happily for the night. The Zanskar adventure was over. Now to wait to lay. And that's it for this episode guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Do check out the other episodes before this if you have not done so already. So that you can get flow of the book. Do check out this book on Amazon. Three Men on Motorcycles. And the five part Amigos series. Which is the continuing adventures of the Amigos. Do check out my website. www.ketanjoshi.net That is www.ketanjoshi.net it has got a list of all my books. It has got photo galleries for each book. It has got uh, my YouTube channel, uh, which you might like. If you like this podcast, it is like this podcast, but illustrated with uh, photos and videos. And uh, it has got my blog and you can contact me from there as well. There's a lot of fun on this site. Do check it out. 
do let me know what you thought of this episode and uh, of the book and i'm really looking forward to hearing from you bye guys <laughs>